today with Mark Giordano playing his first game of the week and Peyton Raza going to net and talking about Dale Coney and the New Jersey Devils. And I'll also be talking about the Calgary Flames uh, because uh, I'll talk. I'm going to be talking about the Calgary Flames last night's game, which was an absolute disaster. And let's get on to it. Now, the first, I will be talking about the Leafs first, and let's go on to Mark Giordano. Alright, well, so uh, before the trade deadline, the Leafs picked up Mark Giordano for, I think, like a second round pick or something, and which is really good for them. I think it would help them a lot. Uh, I explained this in my last episode. Yeah, so the Leafs picked up Mark Giordano, and apparently at practice, he was practicing with Timothy Lilligren, who's definitely not my favorite defenseman. I think he makes, I think he just makes weird defensive choices, like coming off his guy, coming off his guy when there's like an on-man rush or when the other team's in the zone, and he like, like he just he comes off his guy to like double team another guy, and then that guy's open, and then that guy that was that he was covering scores. Yeah, he's definitely not my favorite defenseman, and so that D pairing will be Lilligren and Giordano. I find this a very weird D pairing, as Giordano was putting up top minutes with the Seattle Kraken, and still has a lot of like life in him, like hockey skills in him. And I just find this a weird D pairing because when you're pairing a guy like Giordano, who's a really good defenseman, with Lilligren, it's just like weird. Like why? Why wouldn't you put Giordano with Brody, the guy, literally Brody, when Brody was playing with Giordano with the Flames for like eight years as a defense partner, and it's just kind of weird. I mean, obviously, Sheldon's trying to experiment with these things, but uh, I don't think Giordano should be be with Lilligren. I mean, I think he's just too good for Lilligren. Like, he's get putting up good minutes, and now he's going to be putting up like 15 minutes a night with the guy who obviously he needs to be saved with because Lilligren is not the greatest defenseman, I've said this. Um, so, like, Gio's obviously probably going to have to teach Lilligren, kind of, and uh, show him, like, the ways of being a good defenseman. And I think Lilligren might learn a lot with him. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe Lilligren and Gio would be a great pairing, and maybe they'll do a lot of good things. But uh, it just... With Lilligren's stats and Gio's stats and Gio's career and Lilligren's career or this season, I just don't think it makes too much sense. I mean, well, we'll see tonight or in about like 20 minutes. All right, now uh, another thing. I feel like Giordano, I, I was wondering where Giordano fits in the special teams or the power play and power check. I mean, I kind of like he'll, I think he'll probably be on the top unit with Brody because the top unit of the penalty kill is Marner, Camp, Brody, and Hall. And take Hall off there, put Geo. That could really solidify and make it a good defensive penalty kill. And then for the power play, I mean, right now you got about a lot. You got Toronto's got all their like their four guys: Marner, Nylander, Matthews, and Tavares, and Riley on their power play. Their five best guys, and then. On the second power play, I think it's like Bunting, Stetsa, and a couple other guys. I think Giordano could fit in there because Giordano is really good at getting pucks to the net. And maybe if he shoots it from the point, he actually might get it in. He's really good at those wrist shots. It's like shooting it from the point and boom, it's in. 
Or if you choose to become a coin, it's most likely to get on net and hit the goal center, and they're probably going to be looking for a rebound, and boom, there's a goal. And so I think uh, Giordano would probably work well on the second. Riley's off, obviously going to stay on the first. I don't think that's changing, but yeah. And, I mean, Giordano has not put amazing numbers. I mean, he's put 23 points in 15 of, like, five games, I think he's played. It's not bad. I mean, it's... Like just a just below uh, a half point per game, and I mean he I mean defensemen aren't may aren't known to put up points, so like he could it would be nice if he put up a little more. I mean, but twenty three points is pretty good. There's li literally Riley and uh, Geo are the only ones to put up more than twenty points. Even Brody, who I like a lot, doesn't really have more than twenty points. He just has one. And so yeah, I think uh, I think he might bring a little offense here and there with the assists, like the shots from Point Blake, from Point, uh, from the blue line. Maybe it could go in. Maybe it could go off to the goaltender. Maybe and rebound. I think that would count as his assist because he would shoot it off the goaltender and it'd be a rebound in. But I mean, Mark Giordano has not been the most offensive guy. He did have that break. I mean, but he did have that breakout. Season in 2019 where he put up 74 points in like 82 games. So he can put up points here and there, but it's not his specialty like Morgan Riley. I mean Morgan Riley, even him doesn't is not his huge specialty. All right, and uh, yeah, and I think that's all I have for Mark Giordano. I really hope he does well. I love him. He, <laughs> I think he's, I think he'll do really well with the Leafs. He, uh, my, I have two, I have a sibling who's a Leafs fan, he's pretty hopeful, my mom is a huge Leafs fan, she's not as hopeful, she's pretty cautious, she's like, well this hurts, maybe not, he's pretty old, but I tell her, it's gonna hurt. And so yeah, let's move on to Peter Mrazek, who has not played since the Heritage Classic, when... He lost five to two, and I think he let in five, no, four goals on like thirty-two shots. I think. I mean, that game, Razik didn't have a terrible game. It was definitely a bounce-back game from the one in Arizona, but it was not. It, it was still a game where he would like to make a couple saves so that the Leafs have a chance. Like that goal when he squeezed up against the post and it went through. It that's you can't let those in. Like you literally. Cannot let those in. It's impossible. I mean, <laughs> obviously it's possible, but if you're a good goaltender, you should not let those in. All right, and so yeah, he's since the Heritage Classic, he's been backing up Eric Shalgin, who has looked like an amazing goaltender. Uh, yeah, so he's been backing up Shalgin for the past three games. Shalgin has looked amazing, so that's why they haven't put him in. And I guess they just lost hope a little bit in Razik, especially since they put him on waivers which I was a little bit surprised about. But obviously, I think they, I think it's a good, I think it's a smart move to do just to clear up a little bit of his cap space. Um, especially because it's kind of a lot of money. Like $3.8 million is a decent amount of money for a goaltender that's not do, putting up, it's not putting up good numbers. I mean, I've always liked Mrazic. I have a soft spot for Mrazic. I think he played very, very well with Carolina. And Detroit, I mean, Riley's not just Detroit. He mainly had his, like, he mainly had a good career with Carolina. 
and I thought he just played so well with Carolina, and he was a good goaltender. He was never really a starter, but he was a reliable backup, and this season with the Leafs, it just hasn't happened, and it's really sad. I was really excited for him to rejoin his team. And so, yeah, he was put on waivers, and then he cleared, and now he's getting, now he's going in for now, which is kind of weird. Usually when someone clears waivers, like, this is what happened with Matt Murray uh, for the Ottawa Senators. He was put on waivers, and then he cleared, and then he was, and then he got put down to the AHL team. And then, and then a couple weeks later, he was brought back up. Yeah, usually that happens, but th- this didn't happen with Nazareth. Nazareth was put on waivers, he cleared, and now he's playing tonight. Or, like, now he's playing tonight. And it's kind of a little odd. Usually, I think he would, I think he should maybe go down to the minors. But again, who's going to back up Chaldron? I guess he has to stay up in the NHL since Subi or Jack Campbell is injured and Joseph Wall is injured and I guess there's Michael Hutchinson. But guys, I don't like Michael Hutchinson and I don't like Carter Hutton. I don't want any of them to go in that at all for the Leafs. Um, but yeah, Mrazik, I hope he does well tonight. Because uh, this waivers thing, obviously it's embarrassing for him because like, him clearing waivers is more embarrassing than him him being put on waivers. Because clearing waivers means no team wants this guy. Bro, he freaking sucks. No, I don't want him. He's an expensive piece of crap. And just, so yeah, uh, that's pretty embarrassing for him. So he's obviously going to want to hit the reset button and do well for the team tonight, get the win. I mean, it's not that he has to play outstanding and make a 38-save shutout. My guess is he's probably going to let, like, I don't think he's going to play bad, but I don't think he's going to play great. I think he's just going to have kind of like the team in Buffalo, but a little better. Like, let's say, I think he's going to have maybe around three goals on somewhere around 30 to 28 shots. And maybe my maximum amount of shots is going to be 33. My minimum is 26. So three goals on probably 28 to 29 shots. That's my guess. And yeah, so I hope he hits that reset button. I hope he just plays well. Because if he plays well, this could change everything for the Leafs. That means, wow, we got a good luck. And that means maybe we, maybe Mirazik is doing well. And maybe he has started to realize that I have to be good for this team. And I hope that's what happens because he is a good goaltender. He just has not showed it really this season with the Leafs. And I hope he does well tonight and gets that Lily Flynn. Alright, now let's move on to the opponents, the New Jersey Devils, who have done garbage this season. Absolute dog shit. And, um, yeah. The New Jersey Devils aren't a very strong team. Like, they're not, I mean, they had some offense. Like, they had some good offense with Miko Hischer, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, uh, who else? Um... That's all I can think of. Uh, yeah, that's all I can think of. Yeah, they have guys like the, they have guys like that um, up front on the offense, and then on the defense they have Dougie Hamilton, who is a very good defenseman, and then PK Subban. I mean, PK Subban has definitely not shown his nine million dollars this season, but he has. He's still a Vesna winner. I mean, not Vesna. Norris Trophy winner, and uh, and he's still a Norris Trophy winner, and Ken Hughes contract is up for nine 
you can lay the body, uh, you can block some shots, he's not very good in terms of offense, but he is sometimes a solid defenseman that can provide pretty good defense. And then the goalies, the goaltending situation in New Jersey has been an absolute wreck. Just terrible. You got guys like John Gibbs, who has not been at his best this season, and John Gibbs, every goaltender that has played this season has not had very great defense up front. It's kind of like the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have Murazin, has not been well this season, but a big reason why he hasn't been well this season is because, well, guess what? He has a crappy defense up front, pretty much. Um, so, yeah. The Devils don't have very stable goaltending. They have John James, guys like Nico Dawes. I mean, I like Mackenzie Blackwood. I think he, I think Mackenzie Blackwood is promising. I, he just has to develop more. He has not been terrible this season, but he hasn't been very good. And I think I like Mackenzie Blackwood. I hope he can return some of the energy. Maybe get this team some wins, some motivation. Like, I like the New Jersey Devils. They're a young team. They just, they're a team that really needs development. Like, it's not that they need a rebuild, it's just that they need development. And yeah, uh, a goalie, actually, that the New Jersey just got that I was going at, uh, Andrew Hammond, or the Hamburglar. <laughs> um, yeah, Andrew Hammond, who they got the, on the deadline. Maybe he'll go next. I think, I think Hammond did well for Montreal. I mean, I only saw two games from Andrew Hammond. He played well those games. And, uh, yeah, I hope maybe he's, he'll be in that and maybe get the New Jersey Devils a win. I hope he doesn't. I hope New Jersey doesn't get a win because I want the Leafs to win. I'm a fan of the Leafs. I like the Leafs more than I like New Jersey. So, but my guess is probably probably going with John Gibbs going to net. I think that just makes the most sense. Uh, for But Andrew Hammond could go in that, too. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, Andrew, it could be Andrew Hammond, John Gibbs. I think Mackenzie Blackwood's still injured. Maybe it's Nico Dawes. I think Nico Dawes has shown promise, but again, has not made the big saves that win you games. And yeah, I wonder who's. I think it's going to be John Gibbs in that. That's in that. All right, that is enough on the Leafs. Uh, now it's time to move on to the Calgary Flames. Ah uh, yes, the Calgary Flames first in the division, but. I don't even want to talk about this game, but the only reason why I'm talking about it is just it was just so annoying. Like, I actually kind of fell asleep a little bit through the game because I was just so tired. And, like, the Flames were up 3-2. I fell asleep for, like, two seconds, and I opened my eyes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's 3-3. When did San Jose score? And then 28 seconds later, San Jose scores again. It's now it's 4-3 with, like, 10 minutes left of the – or no, uh, with, like, 7 minutes left of the third. And I was upset. How does a strong team like the Calgary Flames give up a two-goal lead late in the third? I mean, Markstrom, I don't know what happened. I don't know why he was not making saves. Like, I feel like he probably wanted the first one, maybe the fourth one. The fourth one was kind of weird. I wish he covered it better. Um, if he covered it better, it would have been 3-3. And it would have probably gone to overtime, and I think it went to overtime uh, routine. So it sucks that I let that freaking goal in. And uh, yeah, it really sucks. But, you know, the, uh, you can't win every game. That's like a perfect situation of you cannot win every game. And 
obviously Laflame had a great I think they had a great first and second period. It was just that third period they the entire team fell apart. It's like wow guys. Oh my gosh, like what the hell happened? We had a good first forty minutes of the game and you come into the third period giving away every single putt like can't win the puck battles, you're giving away the puck, you're being careless. Like Oliver Shillington, I don't want to throw him too much in the bus because a lot of guys doing this. But it's kinda of weird. Like he Oliver Shillington obviously had an off game. He goes up to the blue line, skates a little bit, and then just loses the puck immediately. Like, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like what the hell? Honestly, like, why? Just don't be stupid with the puck. <sighs> it made me mad, uh, obviously. We had a couple good chances there at the end of the third. Shane Steimer, um, uh, sh- sh- like, kind of shout out to him. He had an, an awesome game there. Uh, but, yeah, he had a good game there, especially in the third period when we were pushing hard. Uh, but, well, that's what happens when you're crappy in the third period and uh, you, you just lose the lead just like that. And, yeah, anyways. Honestly, I thought we would win that game. I, it's so surprising because when the Flames went up 2 nothing, like 10 minutes into the first, I'm like, all right, this could be like a 6-1 slaughter. And then they go into the second, and then they score late in the first, 2-1. I'm like, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. And then we score, and I'm like, maybe, well, actually, maybe we will, maybe we will. And then they finish third period time, boom. Of course, they had to score three times, and then they got the game. And then they won the game. Makes me mad, because we just could have played a little better. If we could have just gotten pucks better at the nets. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention this. Can we hit a shot on net? Is that a problem? Honestly, like Hannafin comes up with a one-timer. I mean, I mean, he doesn't need to slap shot it into the net. He could just wrist shot it in. Of course, but he slaps it. It's six feet wide. Like, what the hell? That could have been the game freaking winner. Makes me mad because, like, you thought, why aren't you capitalizing on such beautiful chances? These are gorgeous chances that we are not scoring on. And it makes me upset. Like, why? Why? Just shoot the puck in the net. So easy. Oh yeah, shame though that with five seconds left on the clock, when if Kachuk just touched the puck, was touched it, if it went in, that could at least like if that went in, at least we would have gotten a point. Like, yeah. And yeah, we just had bad puck luck. Gave away the puck, careless with the puck. Uh, can't didn't score on James Reimer. Oh, chat was funny because like James Reimer like is so good there um like he just looks tired as hell like he needed he looked like he needed like a 10 minute break he's red as a tomato <laughs> or the flames jerseys that game uh but yeah we it sucked we should have won but just a couple good plays and we would have won hannafin shot that in the net we got a point all right and uh one more thing this is the last thing we're going to say. Daryl Sutter. Oh my gosh. I I love him. Like, he's such a good coach. When he sees Markstrom have a bad game, of course, he puts the goalie coach. 
Out in the open like that. And the goalie coach is like, why? Like, Sutter goes up, obviously, went up to the goalie coach and like, uh, you're a goaltender. Goalie's like, absolute crap. How do you speak to the, uh, the media? And he did, and I thought the goalie coach had some good things to say. He said, we had bad puck luck. Uh, we couldn't score. I mean, Markstrom probably wanted that first one back, and yeah. So I, I find that funny because in 2009, Daryl Sut- Sutter did that when Kepler Kopp had a bad game. He put the goalie coach in 2009 at the spotlight. And uh, so he obviously he's done this before and he's got experience with putting people, uh, with putting goalie coaches out in the open and making them speak to the media and saying, man, I find usually Daryl Sutter speaks, like usually if he speaks and we have a bad game, like, he must be mad, because when we have a bad game, he usually plays, says, we played like crap, we were the better team. But this is just silent. He's not even going to talk. And I find that surprising. Usually he talks, but he got cleared. I find it funny how the goalie coach with good words say, and yeah. Alright, that is going to be it. This was definitely a longer episode than I thought. 21 minutes. Holy crap. And, um... That's it for this episode. Uh, go Flames, go. I don't have anything to say here. Uh, the Leafs win. Uh, Flames played bad last night. And goodbye.